This is The Straight Dope. We are coming back and continuing to talk about those marksmanship skills with respect to that article I was referencing, the last episode, and field shooting. Last time we mentioned the comprehensive approach, and I wanted to just continue off there and see what we had to say about quick target indexing. We covered adaptable precision and some general concepts last time, and <clears throat> we are moving on to this new topic. Before I do that, I want to thank Mile High Shooting for supporting the podcast. Go to milehighshooting.com, send them an email, buy some stuff. They're my local shop, and they kick ass. You want to check out other stuff, go to Sniper's Hide, Sniper's Hide TV, Riflecraft. Go to riflecraft.com, get a subscription. If you like the podcast, you want to support it, get a supporter-level subscription that helps do this and it helps push out new episodes more regularly and getting content to you guys about training without being influenced by the mainstream garbage. Therefore, we are going to continue mission, which is talking about shooting the way I see it. And in field shooting, the way I see it, we've got a well-rounded skill set that requires detail in all of those areas, not just precision. One of the major categories in field shooting is finding a target. They don't give you a map, they don't tell you distances, they don't tell you where they are, and they don't give you time to find those targets. So you're going to have to find targets either by eye, with binoculars, with a spotter, depending on the competition that you're going to, they may or may not be easy to find. And once you find them, I think an interesting thing happens. I've done it. I've heard of other shooters doing it, and so I'm going to talk about it now. And that is, we get used to looking through the device we're looking through. Uh, through. Essentially, what you're seeing is a circular image. You find the target, you usually put the target in the center of that circle, whether it's binoculars, spotter, whatever it is. And we look at it and we go, yep, that's a target. If you range it, you might range it right then. And we'll talk about ranging techniques later, but this is just indexing the targets. Then we write it down or we do something and we keep looking for the other targets. Problem is we got a snapshot of what the target looks like through that circular projection, right? Through that telescope of some sort. And it's gonna look different through your rifle scope. But not only is it gonna look different through your rifle scope, you were probably looking around and didn't take your eyes out of it. And so you stumbled across it forgetting that you went through a series of steps, swipes, up, down, left, right, whatever you were gonna do to find that target, and you saw it, you noted that you saw it, but you didn't do it from find it instantly, right? And that's what we're talking about, target indexing. And those of you that are listening, you've probably encountered a time when you saw a target, you knew where it was, got in your rifle, got behind the scope, and then had to do a song and dance to find the target again. Because what we don't often talk about is that process of <clears throat> getting on target very quickly. And at a precision match, you have time to look at it, index it, there's big kind of markers that guide you in. There's berms, there's other things that are there that make it very, very obvious because they don't want to test your target finding ability. They just want to test your ability to shoot it once everything is perfect. Getting on target fast is very important, and it's a diverse and very important skill in shooting because typically 
you have 20 minutes to get on target, right? You got to get on target pretty quickly. And when it's important to engage the thing that you're engaging in a certain time frame, you should expect that you can get on as fast as possible. Finding something hidden in the field, in glass, and making the connection to how am I going to get back onto this with my rifle is what I'm talking about with target indexing. It gets people like crazy. I would make a guess, uh, just pulling numbers out of my ass, that it is one of the major causes of people timing out at matches and at, at field matches because they may find the targets, but then having to fish for them again is the result of this target indexing gap that we tend to see. So training it is pretty simple. It's pretty straightforward. Trying to find ways to remember, it might take a few seconds longer, but in the long run, those few seconds will pay dividends because you won't find yourself having to mag out, having to get back on glass, having to do things that cause people to time out. Training steps. I encourage people to use very small, hard to see by eye targets so that you can't just look at it say, hey, there it is. You kind of have to figure out where it is and then peek over your glass. Verify that it is what you're actually looking at by eye. Look around and figure out what's near it that's easy to identify and then practice going in and out of your binoculars or in and out of your rifle scope saying, yep, those are the things that I'm looking for that verify that what I'm looking at is the correct target. <clears throat> that gets you in team matches too because a partner will walk somebody on and they'll see a target but it's not the target and it turns into some kind of comical uh, interactions and communication between partners because one will be shooting at a different target and then um, as you can imagine variations of excuse making kind of break out. So using very hard to see by eye targets is important. If you have a huge paper backer and a little piece of paper on that backer, it's going to be very easy to get on target because you got this huge ass backer and you know where it is on that backer that'll guide you in. If you put popsicle sticks in the dirt, it's going to be a little bit harder. If you put thin wires that stick up a couple feet with like a reflector on them, they're going to be harder to find because those small things are harder for your eye to reference. And in space, optically, the parallax and the focus that you're going to be having is going to be different. So finding those small things and practicing getting on in multiple ways, glass, binos, spotter, rifle, and practicing that is going to be very beneficial. It could be frustrating, but I think it's dividends and dividends of practice, trying to find those very small things that aren't on something big, unless that big thing is a reference. Like, okay, I'm on the big rock, now I go to the bottom of the big rock, and it's on the right of that big rock. That'll help you do that. Incorporating a timer. I mentioned timers before. I oft, with the guys that I coach, we're always doing some sort of timed variation. Not to shoot fast, not to screw up your fundamentals, but to understand your splits and the times that it takes you to do it so that you can measure that time constant as you're training, you can apply that to matches. If you, even, even in a PRS match, if you know your splits for all the various activities that you're going to do, you can predict the time it's going to take you to get through the stage and not have to worry about, am I going to time out? 
am I going too fast? Because you kind of already know all that stuff in advance. If you incorporate time drills that stimulate constraints, they stimulate where your time's going and the priorities of work that you have to do in order to index and find the target, it's going to help you because even though in field matches you tend to get more time, that time goes by very, very fast. And you'd be surprised. You think, well, I'm used to 90 second stages, 120 second stages. That's four minutes. That's all the time in the world. Um, get ready. The ability to reacquire targets with the rifle from however you spotted them is going to be different because when you're looking at something from a different location than when you're shooting, the perspective changes. Now that might sound super obvious, but under pressure, people forget that. They say, okay, I was standing over here and, or I was standing over there and now I'm on the rifle and things look different. Of course they do. We're creating these lines and these, these, these you know, parallax angles of perspective that are going to shift and practicing looking at things from somewhere other than your rifle and predicting what it will look like if you're shooting in a different location is really important, especially if the target finding spot is different from some of your shooting positions. It's going to look different and you need to think about that in advance. I won't be able to use that thing that's behind the target to index because from the shooting position, that thing isn't behind the target. The target's going to be to the left or to the right of it. I need something else. Or that thing is going to be in a particular direction from the target. So from there, I'm going to move in a, in a specific example. Now, on Instagram at Gun Around the Sun, I put on some little short videos as I was doing rehab last year. And one of those was a target indexing drill or or even just a concept, and that, and that had to do with some themes from land navigation. If you can find that, go to Gun Around the Sun, go to the shorts or the videos or whatever the heck that is. And I, I was drawing on chalkboards and, and doing some things uh, because people were asking questions. I thought, oh, this is much easier to draw than it is to talk through. Um, if I can find it, I might link that in here, but I'm gonna be pumping out podcasts you know, almost every day now for a while just because I want to and um, I do what I want. But the idea of looking at a landscape and saying, okay, well, I see the target here, but in, in right now I'm looking at it, it's pretty obvious. On the other hand, it could be lost in a mountainside if I wasn't looking at it. So then I'll look over the binoculars and I'll see it by eye and then I'll put the binoculars down and I might look at the ridgeline and say, okay, it's below the lowest point in a saddle or it's, it's, it's at the bottom of a major land feature. So what I might do is when I get on my rifle, have the plan of going to the highest land feature and then following it down to the lowest point of the horizon and then dropping straight down. And although that adds a little bit of a step, it provides a roadmap for me to follow landmarks and major land features straight to the target. If there's a long field and it's at the back of that long field, you know, if I'm looking across back and forth this field trying to figure out where it is, I might find a marker to the right or to the left of it and then say, I'm going to go to that marker on purpose because I know that marker is left or right of it and then I'm going to follow the horizon assert, or follow the line of the field compared to the backdrop 
in a particular direction because I know it is in that direction from that object. And although it adds a little bit to it, it guarantees I'm going to run into the target rather than um, being like, well, I know it's back there. Is it right or left of where I'm looking? Well, you just don't know, right? And so to make a short story really long, imagine you're navigating through the woods perpendicular to a road and you're trying to hit a point dead on. If you get to the road and your point's not there, is it to the right or to the left of you? You really don't know, right? Because you, you anticipated it being exactly where you intersect the road. Then enters the problem. Which way are you going to go to start looking for your point? A way to bypass that is to deliberately miss it in a direction by a certain number of degrees, so you're not super far off. Then you know when you hit the road, you're going to hang a left, and it won't be far until you hit it. That way you've got margin of error built in, and you've got a quick way of knowing when I get here, this is the step I'm going to take, instead of I got here, and I don't see what I'm expecting. And that's what we're doing in shooting. I got behind my rifle, and I'm not seeing what I'm expecting. I'm expecting to see the target, and now is it up, down, left, or right? Beats the shit out of me. If you had an index of, I'm going to go to the tree, I'm going to go to the bottom of the trunk, and then I'm going to go 90 degrees left or 90 degrees right from the bottom of that trunk, it'd be easy to find the tree, be easy to find the bottom of the trunk, and you know a direction that explicitly points you towards the target, that is a quick way in the field to get on target and not waste time fishing around. But you have to practice that in order to be able to do it at a competition on the clock. Otherwise, you'll be like, God, I knew what I should have done, but I didn't do it, and I remembered after the time buzzed out. Quick target indexing is worth practicing regularly, and I think the best way to do it is trying to find small, hard-to-see-by-eye targets and fish around for them. I've got a bunch of other ideas that I've shared with the guys I coach, and other shooters that are out competing while I'm not competing, they tend to be working very well. My shooters have a high success rate of winning and getting trophies. This will work if you put in the time and effort. Not what you normally hear about, but what we normally hear about is just the giant bowl of normal, of talking about all this damn boring shit. So I'm sick and tired of it, and I'm just going to be blabbering about the stuff that I think will help and it's up to you to decide if it's worth practicing. But um, that's why you listen to this podcast, and that's why I do it. appreciate all the feedback. I appreciate the text, the notes, the, hey, I got these trophies. I did great. I, I'm, you know, I got personal best. I did, you know, what are these questions? And I got huge, uh, you know, those post-it note uh, posters with questions all over them and topics to talk about. So... Um, I'm excited to start blabbering about a lot of that. So when I get through this, then I'm going to go through the precision stuff and I'm going to talk about gear. But for now, we're talking about these field shooting skills, but it does not only apply to field shooting skills because anytime you pick up a rifle, you got to know where your target is. You have to have found the target. You have to figure out how to get on target. And if you can't do all that, um, and typically the time constraints of doing that are limited, right? If it, it, you know, Imagine you're hunting. You finally see this animal that you've been waiting or looking for 
you know, you're not you're not going to hit a pause button or tell it to sit while you like take 20 minutes to get a wind call and range it and verify it and practice your positions and your transitions. It's just not it's just not going to happen, right? If somebody's trying to carjack you or or who who the hell knows what, but life doesn't just wait while you get your shit ready. And it's very easy to see something and then look away and then look back and be like, God, where was that? That is very common. But it's got easy solutions. Nevertheless, you have to practice it, right? Just like brushing your teeth or peeing in the toilet. You got to, you know, it takes a little practice at first and then you get the hang of it. Don't overlook the importance of finding and indexing targets. That's my point. Anyway, if you like podcasts, you want to share it with your friends, that would be totally awesome. You want to tell people that podcasts are back and firing out if they've been taking a break from it. Awesome. You want to support the podcast, get a subscription at riflecraft.com. Don't want to do that. Send an email to Mile High Shooting and thank them. And if you want to read and see more videos, read more stuff, go to snipershide.com. There are articles there. And there's a rifle craft section that will be launching a lot of that stuff very soon. It's been a few months, because shit, it's probably been a year of producing video stuff to be able to release on there. And, and, it, and it's you know, very, very close to coming out. So I'm excited about that. Classes are about to pick up. We got a class in March in Fort Morgan, April in Fort Morgan. And then we have monthly classes at Cameo uh, into October. So you want to take a precision rifle course in Colorado, Fort Morgan is flat and it has a giant fan and field of fire where we can really hone in on wind, positions, setup, breakdown, splits, times, data. We can do the um, assessment skill check where I quantify everything for you. And we, we do that at Cameo also, except that that's much more three-dimensional and things are a little bit more specific to uh, mountainous type shooting uh Location now it's you know it's not incredibly mountainous and it's not incredibly crazy but it's more than just a big flat field, but a lot of ranges are big flat fields and so you can learn a lot and you want to start with a good baseline before you take that to terrain where it's kind of particular. Nevertheless, it's a cool place. It's pretty and there's a lot of cool stuff with that. We do a lot of measurements there. We do a lot of position building because at the base of the rifle craft philosophy is the idea that you should be able to shoot the same from any height just as well. And you should understand the constraints, pros, cons, gives and takes that you have to make in order to hit a shot and know where you're at so that you know what to improve. So that is uh, how that stuff works. Nevertheless, um, that's all I wanted to talk about today. So I'm going to sign off soon, but I appreciate it. And thanks for listening. We are going to talk about um, effective simulation next because effective simulation um, is important and effective simulation gets misinterpreted, I think. And then we're going to go into topics like wind reading, um, understanding diverse field conditions, kinesthetic awareness, adaptability. Uh, we're going to talk about gear familiarity, sportive gear, and then uh, shooting between those positions before we get out of the field shooting stuff. So that's uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. That's like eight more podcasts. So uh, that's going to be in this little package of um, 
the stuff that, that I think is uh, missing from a lot of the stuff that is being said, but you know, that stuff's cool too. So uh, listen to it all. Until next time.